Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. So if we um, put a picture up on the screen, this is one of the more interesting photos from our holidays. Out of all the ones to show you, this is what I'm giving you. Um, this is, this is what's called an indulgence. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of what an indulgence is before, but uh, what would happen uh, around uh, the, the 1500s uh, is the Catholic Church uh, was selling these pieces of paper for about half a year's wage. Uh, and so once you got it, you could put your name on it or you could put the name of one of your, your family members. And what it meant was that after you die... Uh, you didn't have to suffer for any of the sins that you had committed, and so you got to go straight to heaven uh, if you purchased one of these from the Catholic Church. And and so what that meant was people who had very little money uh, and were living very much day-to-day were trying to scrounge together half a year's worth of their money so they could buy one of these pieces of papers for themselves and their family members uh, in order to take away the suffering that might come after they die. Uh, And for these people, the the Bible wasn't in their language, uh, and if they could read, um, like it wasn't the right language anyway, so there was no chance for them to really see that we we believe that uh, the gospel comes and and, and heaven and and all that stuff comes through grace, not through a piece of paper that's very expensive. Uh, And and as we travelled through Europe, uh, there were things like this that came up where there was a lot of injustice that happened that really upset me because... This was something that took advantage of very vulnerable people that didn't have any other way of knowing. And I found myself getting repeatedly very angry about what had happened. Uh, And this was actually Martin Luther, a German reformer, came through and and saved the day and did a lot of great things. But in the meantime, uh, there's things that made me incredibly angry and made me think about all the things I would do uh, if I was uh, in the situation, the things that I would say to certain people which weren't particularly uh, loving or godly. Now, uh, today we're looking at this topic of anger and the things that make us angry and and how we respond to anger, Uh, and it's going to be covered in in the passage in James. Uh, But before we get into it, the the passage kind of functions a little bit uh, like a sandwich uh, or a hamburger, and so this is our passage here today, and so we've got our two bits of bread on either side, and then in the middle we have the filling. Uh, and so the way we're going to read this passage is we're going to look at, um, if you paid attention, unlike me in school, uh, this is how you write an essay. You write it like a hamburger for some reason. Uh, but you start with your opening and your closing statement. Uh, you talk about kind of your, your opening theme and the, the topic, and then you kind of conclude with it as well. And then all your important stuff and your application kind of sits in the middle. Uh, And so you'll notice uh, as we get to the first, so we're in uh, James chapter 1, uh, starting in verses 19. Uh, And so one of the things that we also see here is it opens up uh, with something that kind of sets the tone as well. So it says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Uh, This is a very affectionate kind of the way that you talk to your child when you're really concerned for them and loving on them. Uh, So even though he's kind of calling them out on a bunch of stuff, uh, he is being very, very kind and loving. So if I'm too mean, uh, James did it better. Uh, So just take that in mind as well. The other thing as well is when we're talking about anger as well, uh, just like me, when I got angry when I saw injustices, there's probably a lot of injustice that's going on for the people in James as well. 
So Peter's talked a little bit about the context and what's going on, and he's talked about uh, when they're having to persevere through trials and all these hard things that are going on. And he's talking about all the, all this stuff that's really difficult to try and make sense of. Uh, and, and as we go through the rest of James, there's a whole bunch of really difficult things that are happening for them. And just like for me, when I see injustice or when we experience injustice, uh, we get angry. And quite often when we get angry, we say things. We call it venting uh, or I just need to get this off my chest. Uh, But generally ends up being probably stuff that's less than uh, what we are supposed to be doing. So if we go through the rest of verse 19 uh, to 21, so it says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. And so he's, he's touching on this concept and opening with this concept of anger and what do we do with our anger? Because the thing we like to do is to talk about it. That's what we do. And for the people uh, that are receiving this letter and the people that James is writing to are probably quite angry uh, because they're experiencing really difficult things and they have a right to be angry, but their response probably isn't uh, what it should be. Uh, As we continue on, we get to our, our feeling in the sandwich and it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word uh, but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And so we'll return to that and this is going to be our theme that continues on. We, when it comes to when we experience injustice when we see injustice, when we see things that aren't right and when we get angry, our guideline and everything that we look at comes from doing God's word. When we come to the end of the passage uh, in verses 26 and 27, uh, it says, those who consider themselves religious and do not keep a tight rein on their tongues to see themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now, this bit is really strange because it's giving a comparison of two different types of religion, but it's not really like they're two completely uh, or different like either or kind of situations. So it's saying good, if you're good at religion, uh, you're, you're helping orphans and widows, but if you're bad at religion, you're, you're saying things that aren't super great. And it's, a, it's one of those comparisons where it's, it's, not a, it's not an and or comparison. Like if I was to say, do you like submarines or the colour blue? Like, you can't say, like, that's not a fair comparison. Like, it's not an either-or kind of situation. You might say, I like blue and submarines. You might say, I don't like either. If I say, do you like the Fremantle Dockers or cricket? You might say, I don't care. You might say both. They might, but it's not an either-or situation. And so, is good religion saying, you know, not saying bad things? And and is good religion helping all? Like, it's not a fair comparison. And so the reason that he's doing this is because he's looking at something underlying, and that is anger. Because when we get angry and when we see injustice, there is a response. One response is that we can get angry and we can speak and use our words in ways that aren't particularly godly or helpful. 
But another way that we can respond to injustice and be angry is we can do something about it that is helpful and godly and, and looks after people who, are, who have been marginalised. We can, we can do things that respond out of anger that is good and godly. And that is what James is trying to get at. There is, there is anger uh, that happens and, and, and like anger is a strange thing because um, if, you're, if you're a good Australian, you kind of bury your anger down really, really deep until it makes diamonds. Uh, but... but Anger is, is an emotion that, it, that is good and valid. Uh, we, we, we should get angry about things. Anger is an emotion that we should experience and we should feel, but then there's good anger and bad anger. Just in the same there's, there's good happiness and bad happiness. And, and so anger is something that God experiences. Uh, we see God talking about his anger um, or his wrath. Uh, which is another way of talking about anger. So we see God gets angry about things. Uh, we, we see, in, even in this passage here, James doesn't say don't get angry. He says be slow to anger and be careful about what you do with your anger. And so as Christians, we should be people who get angry. It's a strange thing to say. We, we should be people who get angry because we should see things that are unjust and we should see things that, that are not what God wants and we should be angry about it. But the thing that is distinct about what it means to be a Christian who gets angry is, is what, do we, what do we get angry about? And, and then what do we do when we are angry? And, and so this is where it comes down to uh, our, our feeling in our sandwich or our hamburger uh, and, and thinking about what does that mean? What are those things? What do we get angry about? What, how do we respond in anger? What are we allowed to do? What shouldn't we do? And what governs that principle? And that principle, uh, as that middle bit talked about, was doing God's Word. Not listening to God's Word, but doing God's Word. And so, if we think about what that is, so um, one of the reasons that we talk about this, so um, John Calvin, um, big theologian, uh, we saw him in Europe too, that's really good. Uh, so he talks about this thing of, uh, if, if you, obedience is true knowledge, so when we do it, we truly know what is actually happening. When we do God's Word, it is because we truly know it and understand it, and we respond to it. And so uh, one of the, the key principles, so if we're to start of like, what, is it, what does it mean, uh, or what do you see as unjust? Uh, one of the things that we look to is, is, what does God's Word say? And one of the, the big commands that we all learn in Sunday school is, love God with all your good, and then love your neighbor as yourself, Right? And because the problem is, uh, we can get angry about things that we probably shouldn't get angry about. Is that fair? There's definitely things that we get angry about. And that is because we, our justice and God's justice is sometimes not quite the same. We see that as like very clearly in children. So if a child doesn't have something they want, uh, they get angry because they feel it's unjust. Like I, I was hanging out with my niece the other day uh, and they wanted the blue cup and their sister had the blue cup. And I said, hey, like, maybe you could have the blue cup next. I was like, no, I want the blue cup. This is an injustice to me, and I'm angry because of it. And I want the blue cup. And, and so as, as time goes on, we learn more about what is just. And our parents teach us what is just and what is unjust. So, like, I can't, I can't just steal something because I want it. Uh, it is not unjust when I don't get the blue cup every now and then. That's okay. But as we become adults, there's still certain things that we decide is unjust uh, that we get angry about that is not what God deems as unjust. So sometimes we'd be like, oh, how dare the lottery not let me win? And we get angry about that. Or, or we get 
I don't know, we don't necessarily play, I don't play lottery, but I imagine you would. Um, if, if there's other things that go on as well, where like if uh, I see something that hurts me that isn't necessarily something, uh, just because I'm really selfish, that I get angry about. There, there's so many things that we see as unjust, and then when it comes to what, our, what society teaches us is just and unjust, that's probably slightly different from what God teaches us as, as just and unjust. For the, for the Catholic Church, 600 years ago, 500 years ago, what was, what was just and, and fair was like this, buy this piece of paper with half a year's wage, and that was seen as right and good, and, and clearly that was not God's version of justice. Uh, a really fun one to compare is generationally what is seen as just as unju- and unjust. So a lot of my generation looks at the older generations and be like, how dare you do all these things? This is completely unjust. And all the older generations look at my generation and like, look at these guys, what are they doing? There's different versions of justice that we see across everyone and everything. But what we want to do is think about what God sees as unjust. And our principle is love God and love others. And as we think about what makes us angry, we want to think about what is not loving God and what is not loving others. These are our principles for what makes us angry. What do we see as unjust and, how to, and what makes us angry? And so we think about things like, what, like, are people rejecting God? Like, that should make us angry. Are people against, like that, these are things that make God angry and things that make, it doesn't necessarily matter a response, it is a, is a fit of rage, but these are things that should make us angry. What is that that defiles God? What is that that rejects God? The other thing, if we think about uh, what is, is loving and uh, what is not loving others and what is unjust, we think about things like slavery and war, like we should turn on the TV and be angry about what we see going on. We should be angry that people are starving in different places in the world. We should be angry uh, that people are being scammed and abused and, and all these different things. Like These things are a, 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 an attack against God's people who are made in His image, and, and that should make us angry. That should make us angry. When we see people suffering, that should make us angry. That is a valid emotion that we should feel because it is something that is unjust. The difficult thing is that it's all well and good to get angry, but then it comes to the the even trickier thing of how do we respond to our anger? What do we do with our anger? And this is probably the reason that quite often we don't like to get angry because generally people aren't good at managing their anger or doing... This is when we kind of fall into a lot of trouble is because... We, we do things that we probably shouldn't do. And, and part of the reason is, like, nothing soothes anger like justice. Like, everyone loves a good bit of justice, right? However it comes, like, even just seeing other people get the justice they deserve, like, there's, like, videos online of someone, you know, they, they you know, do something mean to someone and then they trip over or, or something, something bad happens to them and it feels like justice. And it's this soothing feeling that we get when we see justice happen to people. But once again, like justice that, that, we, that we seek and the justice that we, we try to do with our anger isn't always the justice that God calls for. And so once again, like we need to use our principles. What is loving of God and what is loving of those who are made in His image as well? And so one of the, one of the things that um, quite often we, we do is that we respond in anger in ways that don't honour God. 
We, 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 we do things that where, where God is not glorified in our anger. And so when we write messages on social media, God is not glorified. That's, is that fair? God is not glorified with some of the things that we, we comment and post about or, or we talk about uh, with other people. Like, God is not glorified. Our responses to our anger and traffic, God is not glorified. People don't see the greatness of God when you flip someone the bird or when you cut them off or whatever it is that you do when you get angry. God is not glorified. And in our anger, God must be glorified. When we seek justice, God must be glorified. The other one, in, in terms of once again coming back to honoring God's people and loving others, like God is not glorified and God's image is not glorified when we slander someone. And I don't want to take too much because chapter three it talks about taming the tongue as well, but God is not glorified when, and God, people who are made in God's image are not glorified when we slander someone. Nothing feels, e- there's no easier way of getting justice than slandering someone. That is why James talks about being slow to speak in our anger. That is why James talks about taming the tongue later in chapter three, because it is really easy to feel like you're getting justice when we do that, but that is not the justice that God calls for. And it does not honor God's image, because when we slander people, we deface God's image. And, and in doing that, we deface God. And the hardest thing about that. It is when like, people who have done the wrong thing are still made in God's image. And, and even though it feels good to, to attack them, it feels good to get justice, but they are still made in God's image. And so there's ways of achieving justice and there's things that we should do. Like we should, there are processes that must be taken when people do the wrong thing, but that does not mean there are ungod- like we are okay to defile God's image and who God is. People are made in God's image and they are still made in God's image when they do the wrong thing. Uh, when, when we're in Europe, like that was, I think, one of my biggest problems is like seeing so many problems in history and just thinking about the stuff that I want to do to them. And, 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 but I, I realised that I failed to treat them like human beings. They weren't human anymore to me because they'd done the wrong thing and I took that away from them. But to God, they're still God's image. They are still human beings creating God's image. Um, when, when it came to, um, actually I'll come to it later, but the other one before it is, is it proportionate? Is our anger proportionate? It's really easy to let anger consume us, especially when we feel like justice isn't achieved. Sometimes justice isn't achieved in our lifetime and sometimes we don't feel like the justice that someone deserved was achieved. And then there's also times when there's injustice that we don't have enough of a response to. There's people that suffer horrible things and, and we become apathetic to that. We stop caring about it. But our response to what is unjust must be proportionate to what has happened. We can't be consumed by little things, because justice isn't achieved, but we also must remember that we must get angry and respond in proportion to what has happened. The, the next one is, does it honour authority? Does our, our justice and our response to our anger honour authority? We, it's really, like, really easy to take justice into our own hands. Uh, when my brother would hit me, I would take justice into my own hands. I didn't mean my mum to parent because I would just hit him back. 
that was, that was us taking justice into our own hands. We, would, we seek to, to kind of be the ones that distribute justice, but there's people who are being appointed over us that are there to seek justice. In traffic, there are people there to seek justice. We don't need to do that. In, in the workplace, there are bosses and authority figures that are there that, are, that God has appointed above us to bring about justice. When it comes to churches, there's people that have been appointed above us that are, that are there to bring about justice. In, in, in families, there are people that are there to bring about justice. And we must honour who God has placed in authority over us in order to bring about justice rather than being the, the child who hits their brother back. So in our anger, we, we use the authorities that God has placed above us. We, we go to those authorities when problems happen, but we don't arbitrate justice ourselves. We don't take the law into our own hands. And the hardest one of all in that is that for a lot of things, justice is for God. And we want justice now. And the justice will come, but it's for God. And that hurts because we sit there in that anger and seeing that injustice and we don't get the relief of that. But sometimes justice is for God. The last one is... Does it reflect God's love? Does it reflect God's love? Uh, when Jesus came down to earth, they were waiting for a Messiah. And when the Messiah that they were waiting for was someone that was going to be a warrior, that it was going to undo all the injustices that, that the Jewish people had suffered. He was going to go to war and wipe out an entire population of people that had made life really hard for the Jews. And... and Every, even the, Jesus' disciples thought that Jesus was going to lead them into war. They were ready for justice to come. They were ready for, for God to get retribution by just smiting all their enemies around them because of the damage and the hurt that they had caused them. But you get to Matthew 5, and, and in waiting for all of that, Jesus comes out and says, Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are, are when people are, when you're persecuted because of me. Uh, he, he talks about loving your enemies. Uh, he talks about turning the other cheek and, and walking the extra mile and all these things. They're waiting for war and Jesus says, let it happen. And the, the thing was, God wanted justice. And the sin of the world and the way that people had rejected God had made God angry. It made God really angry. The stuff that we had done had made God angry. But the thing was, Jesus didn't come down to earth and start a war and wipe out all the people that were bad. That's not what Jesus did. God, God sent Jesus to bring about justice in a different way. God sent Jesus so that people would be restored and so that people would know how great God is. So that justice would be achieved by people returning to God and repenting and people would come back and love God and worship God. And he did that in an incredibly sacrificial way. Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we didn't have to face the anger that God had for us, but instead we could have a relationship with God. In Romans, uh, it talks about something really cool. 
uh, Romans chapter 5, uh, verses 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we've now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath or God's anger through him? And this is the thing that's crazy. God is angry at us for our sin, but uses his anger to bring us back. God uses his anger so that we would be restored and come back to him and love him and be in relationship with him. And as we think about the anger that we experience, as we think about the injustice that we experience, our response should be to be doers of the word. Our response should be the same as God and Jesus. Our response should be to bring people back to God. As we seek justice, no justice is cleaner, no justice is greater than when people see that God is great, when people repent of their sin and come back to God and acknowledge Him as their Saviour. No restoration is greater, no justice is purer than people coming back to God and seeing their sin wiped away by the death of Jesus. And so as Christians, in everything we do, in every piece of anger that we experience, we want to be a people who are doers of the word and seek to bring people back to Jesus, to help people to see how great God is, to when people wrong us, to point them to how great God is and to to show them the beauty of what he did for us. When we see people suffering all over the world, when we see orphans and widows and and people suffering, we want to be a people who who show the greatness and the love of God through, through caring for them as Jesus cared for us. And and so as we go out, we need to be angry because there's injustice everywhere. But we want to be doers of the word and we want to be angry in the same way that God is. We want to point people to Jesus in our anger. We want to restore people back to the church. We want to restore people back to God in our anger. So we're going to go out, we're going to look for justice by bringing people back to God. How we pray. Father, we, we thank you that you're a good God. We thank you that you, you loved us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. We want to thank you that the, the anger you experienced towards us was not something that you used to just to smite us or to, to take out wrath upon us, but instead to bring us back to you and to see how great you are. And so as we go out today, we want to be people who see the injustice that you see and to be angry about it, not just bury those feelings down, but to be angry, but to use that anger to want to do something about it, to bring people back to you and to help people to see how great you are and the love that you have for us. In your name we pray. Amen.